This is Dr. David Whitlock with your Monday morning wake-up call, the podcast designed to help people wake up to the possibilities that surround them every day and become the person they're meant to be in Jesus Christ. Today's podcast is brought to you by Kenny and Mary Moreland down in Sulphur, Louisiana. They give monthly by PayPal. You can do the same thing by going to our website. Thank you for listening today. Once I got into this unfortunate and wrong conduct, that when I uh, stopped it, which I knew I'd have to do, and which I should have done a long time before I did, that she would talk about it. Not because Monica Lewinsky's a bad person. She's basically a good girl. She's a good young woman with a good heart and a good mind. I think she is burdened by some unfortunate conditions of her, her upbringing. But she's basically a good person. But I knew that the minute there was no longer any contact, she would talk about this. She would have to. She couldn't help it. It was a, it was a part of her psyche. So I had put myself at risk, sir. I was not trying to buy her silence or get Vernon Jordan to buy her silence. I thought she was a good person. She had not been involved with me for a long time in any improper way, several months. And I wanted to help her get on with her life. It's just as simple as that. You just heard President Bill Clinton testifying under oath before a federal grand jury about his relationship with former White House intern Monica Lewinsky on this Monday, the third Monday in August, August 17, 1998, when Clinton admitted to a, quote, improper relationship, end quote, with Lewinsky. Clinton became the first sitting president to testify before the Office of Independent Counsel as the subject of a grand jury investigation. An independent counsel had been appointed four years earlier to investigate several alleged scandals involving Hillary Clinton and Bill Clinton. And when in the midst of that investigation, independent counsel Kenneth Starr questioned the president about the president's alleged sexual relationship with Monica Lewinsky, Clinton denied it which in turn prompted his testimony on August 17th before the grand jury. In December 1998, the House of Representatives voted to impeach the president, but after a five-week trial in the Senate, they acquitted the president. The sex scandal and the impeachment process were almost, well, a preview of future politics in the United States. While most people at the time disapproved of Clinton's relationship with Lewinsky, Most didn't consider it an action worthy of an impeachment or resignation. Clinton, he was able to rebound and move forward, although, of course, the situation would dog him. It would become a topic of discussion in later presidential elections, particularly when Hillary ran for president in 2016 with the emergence of the Me Too movement. In 2018, the three-part documentary, The Clinton Affair, further investigated the scandal and its influence on the United States. And Hulu's documentary in 2020 explored the issue as part of a larger portrait of Miss Clinton. Much has been written and documented about Clinton's role and the aftermath and what happened to him, but what I want to do today is think about the one that was the subject of so much of the conversation with President Clinton at that grand jury on this Monday back in 1998. And that is the person, of course, Monica Lewinsky and the effect it had on her. 
In a TED Talk in 2015, Lewinsky came back out and began to speak about her experience. She said she was branded as a, quote, tramp, tart, slut, whore, bimbo, and of course, that woman. She said, I was seen by many, but actually known by few. And I get it, she said. It was easy to forget that that woman was dimensional, that she had a soul and was once unbroken, end quote. Remember, this is before the Me Too movement. This is before we had the language to describe what is today called cyberbullying. The absence of those two factors served to maximize the isolation Monica Lewinsky already felt. To the Washington Post in February of 2018, she said, Yes, I had received many letters of support in 1998. And yes, thank God, I had my family and friends to support me. But by and large, I had been alone. So very alone. That I had made mistakes, on that we can all agree, she said. But swimming in that sea of aloneness was terrifying. Lewinsky went on to say, Isolation is such a powerful tool to the subjugator. And yet, I don't believe I would have felt so isolated had it all happened today, end quote. She's referring, of course, to the Me Too movement and the uh, uh, emergence of factors like cyberbullying that we now are able to deal with in a, a more effective way. As for Bill Clinton, she said, he was my boss. He was the most powerful man on the planet. He was 27 years my senior and with enough life experience to know better. He was at the time at the pinnacle of his career while I was in my first job out of college. But I know one thing for certain. Part of what has allowed me to shift is knowing I'm not alone anymore. And for that, I'm grateful. In 2015, Lewinsky closed her TED Talk with a rhetorical question. Why? She asked. Why speak out now? And she answered by pointing to four things she was doing to break out of her past. She said, one, it was time for her to stop tiptoeing around her past. Secondly, it was time to stop living a life of opprobrium. And third, it was time to take back her narrative. Fourth, she said, time to help others. I want to think about those four sentences and how we too, all of us, can step out of our past, a past that may hinder us from becoming all we're meant to be in Jesus Christ. One, she said, stop, I'm going to stop tiptoeing around my past. Okay, I'm not saying we have to share the mistakes of our past with everyone we see. I'm not saying we have to come clean with all aspects of our dirty laundry with people who have no business knowing our past flaws. But we have to be willing to look ourselves in the mirror for who we are and who we have been. Until we do that, until we're willing to confront our past, we will never be able to overcome the character defects of our past. So we have to come to terms with it, and not just then, but now. As recovery programs emphasize, we have to continue to take personal inventory of our lives, and when we're wrong, promptly admit it. I take it that Monica Lewinsky has processed that, that she is doing that, maybe not perfectly, but she is making the effort to do that. She wrote in Vanity Fair 
that in recording that documentary, The Clinton Affair, that led her to, quote, new rooms of shame, end quote, and that she would apologize to Hillary Clinton if she ever saw her. As for Bill Clinton, I'm certainly not discounting that he may have done the same thing. He did claim in a newly released documentary that the reason for his 1995 extramarital affair with Lewinsky was, quote, to manage anxieties, end quote. His anxieties, of course. It was not a defense, he said. It's an explanation. It was awful, he said. I feel terrible. The former president also likened the stress of the Oval Office to a boxer who had, quote, been in a 15-round prize fight that was extended to 30 rounds, end quote. The affair was, in Clinton's words, quote, something that will take your mind off it for a while, end quote. He was referring to the stress and anxiety of the Oval Office, things that he did to manage his anxieties, he, he said, for years. But he continued and added that he is a totally different person than he was 20 years ago. I think it's important for all of us to, to stop and think about that, that we, we can proceed, we can evolve and become better provided we're willing to confront our past and be honest with it. Psalm 119 verse 29 says this, keep me from lying to myself. Of course, the psalmist is praying to the Lord, but that's important. Keep me from lying to myself. Psalm 119 29. Second, Lewinsky said, it was time for her to stop living a life of opprobrium. There's an inner critic within us, accusing us, bringing before us the mistakes of our past. You know, Satan is known as the accuser. If we let ourselves listen to negative self-talk, we will live in a constant denial of our vast potential. We may have to come to terms with some things. But then moving forward, that negative self-talk will keep us from moving on and becoming our best person in Jesus Christ because that negative self-talk reminds us of the mistake of the past or what we did wrong. That inner critic does that. The accuser reminds you. We have to come back with Scripture. Psalm 103 verse 12 says, As far as the east is from the west, so far has he, the Lord God, removed our sins from us. In Lamentations 3, 22 and 23 says, The steadfast love of the Lord never ceases. His mercies never come to an end. They are new every morning. Great is his faithfulness, or thy faithfulness. Third, Lewinsky said it was time to take back my narrative. She said, People have been co-opting and telling my part in this story for decades. In fact, she said it wasn't until the past few years that I've been able to fully reclaim my narrative almost 20 years later. All right, you have a story. Be strong in narrating your story rather than allowing, permitting, letting someone else tell their version of who you are. I mean, you can't keep people from gossiping, from slander from telling things about you, but you can make sure you tell your story and that you tell it with integrity. Be careful when people say of you, you're always, and then describe a negative behavior characteristic. Always? Well, we all have flaws, some worse than others, but always, that's a very strong word. Or when someone says, 
you're just like your, and then they bring up a negative character in your past. We don't ignore people. We don't ignore their words. But there's more to us. The worst part is for you to live the story someone else writes for you. You write your own story under the authority of a forgiving and loving and directing God who can do amazing things through you. And fourth, Lewinsky said, it's also not just about saving myself. She said, anyone who is suffering from shame and public humiliation needs to know one thing. You can survive it. It may not be painless, quick or easy, but you can insist on a different ending to your story. Have compassion for yourself. We all deserve compassion and to live both online and off in a more compassionate world. To be sure, Lewinsky's involvement with Clinton permanently altered her career trajectory. Although she tried to find work as a spokesperson and handbag designer in the first years following the trial, she struggled to be taken seriously. Even after she began to live privately, she said her story followed her everywhere. She was unable to find work, but she never gave up. Today, Lewinsky is a an advocate for fighting cyberbullying. What's to learn from that? Take the mistakes of your past and turn it around to help others. Lewinsky's tag, if you look it up in Wikipedia, is, quote, American activist, end quote. Well, she's found strength and clarity in using her voice to speak out against abuses that she herself experienced. The same is true for us. We've all been hurt. We've all hurt others. What we can do is come to terms with who we are and allow the transforming grace of a forgiving God to mold us and shape us into the image of His very Son. That's a process, sometimes a very painful process, but there are joys all along the way. I like what George Eliot once said, It's never too late to be what you might have been. In Jesus Christ, I believe that's true. So you go out this week and be the person you might have been starting today. And then come back here next week. And in the meantime, be all that you can be in Jesus Christ. Oh,